to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Thunderbirds, I go. Welcome to the Chris and Sam podcast, episode 72. That was Chris's rendition of the Thunderbirds theme song, just because he saw an ad on TV for a Thunderbirds toy about 10 minutes ago. And I wish I had that toy when I was a kid. I was such a big Thunderbirds fan, like ridiculously big Thunderbirds fan. I could imagine you would be. Oh, Um, international rescue all the way, bro. I mean, you were a child of the 70s, so... And and, uh, Gordon, Thunderbird 4, Undersea, he was the man. He was my Really? Hero. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep, that was Very me. good. So we're going to crack on into this episode because we've got a lot of stuff on our Trello board. And first off, we have to uh, just go back an episode and do a bit of an update with a couple of our stories. Yeah. Um, our um, journalistic... Are, are, we, are, we, are we failing at this? Are we, we failing on you the You know, we put, in, we put in hundreds of hours of research <laughs> for this podcast <laughs> and um, sometimes <laughs> things slip through. Yeah. So last week in episode 71, we had a story about the postman who'd fathered 1,300 children. And as I was putting the show, link in to the show note last week, I started reading all the comments. Now, this is interesting. For him to have 1,300 children in the percentage of um, how many people get pregnant, he would have had to have banged 7,000 women to begin with. Right. Uh, and then there was a whole story about how it was all fake. It was just made up. The guy in the photo was actually a 94-year-old World War II veteran who oh. had nothing to do with anything. And the other guy who was the reporter of the story, apparently, he was a uh, like a financial advisor to one of the presidents. Right. So, um, yeah, my, my bad, because I pulled that one in. It was me that uh, picked that story. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't have even thought about it, and it's just because I saw a comment, and I was like, oh, and I read it. Uh, so that was it. So we're going to have to Snopes stories before yeah, well, we that, do it Yeah, well, that's where I ended up Snope, at Snopes. Uh, maybe, if it seems a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, um, but on the plus side, we're not the only ones that have this problem. Like ours, at least, was one little story. It wasn't a guest that we raved about and then went, this guy is amazing and you've just got to see this. And then uh, everybody goes, Actually, guest is a fake. Yeah, so uh, I think it might have been episode 70 or 69. I can't remember which. I should yeah. look that up. But um, it was the Scorpion guy. So we, 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 we were talking about a um, podcast episode from the Tim Ferriss show that we both enjoyed. And uh, Sam had actually listened to it first and said, oh, you've got to listen to this, dude. It sounds amazing. So I listened to it and thought, wow, that was cool. And then we talked about it on this podcast. Um, what happened was I, I got, uh, I'm on, I follow Tim on LinkedIn and he just posted the other day, uh, I'm just coming back from to the States. I've been away for a while. I've seen all the comments. I will be looking into the Scorpion story. And I'm like, what's he on about? So I go onto his website and start scrolling down the uh, comments. The comments were almost as amusing as the whole podcast, weren't they, mate? Yeah. I mean, I, some <laughs> of the stories this guy came up with, like whatever anyone said, he had to better it. So I can't remember what the distance was, but he said, oh, yeah, I did that distance in two hours or something. Oh, yeah, in his Lamborghini And he or would something. have had to have done it at 400 miles per hour the whole way. And then the guy's like, 
that isn't even a Lamborghini. That's one of those Kitco kit car things. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, anyway, so it sounds like Scorpion was a was a big show. Yeah, it um, looks, yeah. Well, he did get the TV program done though. I mean, based yeah, on him. He so did. you know, um, he's he he may be a a full of crap. Um, I'm trying to think of a better way to put it. A, a pathological liar. But he's a successful pathological liar. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting if Tim Ferriss does a podcast or a blog post about it. Just explaining I, I'm pretty everything. sure he will. I mean, he's. I th- I think he's that sort of guy that he's oh, going to update I, it at some. I think some he way, will. I'm just form. wondering. You know, it'd be interesting to see how he frames it all. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting if he did a proper in-depth investigation on the guy. And and reports all that back to us. That'd, That'd be, be pretty good, cool. actually. Just something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I, just I, I like it. I mean, you know, in that situation, he'd be turning that from like potentially a bad thing into gold. Yeah. Gold. Actually, talking about things that are gold and don't seem to be, and they're upsetting people. The bloody bamboo pillow. Oh yes. Um. So my ones are still great. I still Chris like got my some. <laughs> Little uh, knock China, off, knock off China knockoff bamboos. I think we uh, opened that on air, didn't we? We took photos of it as it. We was, got a video of it because we, we got, got a video of laughing. it. Yeah, and I think it's on uh, the old. Um, Check out face, uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, eh? yeah. Chris and Sam podcast Facebook. on Facebook. Yeah, pretty old. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I bought some knockoff ones because I wasn't going to pay crap loads of money. I bought some from China. Um, so yeah, according to the story, most people that are selling them. Uh, the distributors and that, they will get 50% back. And then the ones that are given for free to the people that are supposed to be selling them, they also return them because they just destroy people's necks, apparently. Yeah, that's hilarious. There well, was one person. I mean, it's not that, hilarious. It's pretty bad. Actually. There was one person that said that was amazing. Well, there was one that cracked me up. And she goes, I took it home. I slept. I had the best sleep I've ever had. And that was the first night. And after that, I haven't been able to sleep with it again. And she went back to her old pillow, pillow which and, was amazing. And loved her old pe- pillow, so maybe that's... It's the, like a gateway drug to getting back to your pillow. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, is there anything going on in the world that's not fake or... Actually, uh, we, we've got another one, really. That, oh, do that, we? That poster girl, really. So she was the poster girl for pro-gun. She had been uh, film uh, taking photos and she was on posters for a pro-gun thing. and Oh, um, I didn't, sorry, I didn't realise she was on posters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She Well, okay. they say she was a poster girl. I don't know if that's literally on poster, but the oh, photos, yeah, yeah, yeah. she looks like a model, so I figured it was. Yeah, she but liked, I might be wrong. She liked talking about her guns. She's and, American, obviously. And yeah, she was tweeting about how her four-year-old is so good and gets so hyped up about with Being um, on the shooting, range. going on the range and doing his target shooting. She's driving him, uh, they're driving out to buy a horse because, of course, they're in America because that's what you do in America. Yeah. And he is unrestrained in the back seat and picks up a forty-five caliber pistol handgun. Yeah, I mean, you know, pulls the trigger and shoots her. The bullet passes through the chair, driver's seat chair, and through her. Like the bullet is gone. Like it was a through and through, which is not surprising with a forty-five caliber. At almost point blank. Yeah, at very close range. She uh, was uh, a highway patrolman, happened to be close by, luckily, and saw her driving erratically. I wonder why. And um, he, she pulled over, and he pulled over behind her, you know, put lights on. And she's just beckoning him, and he's like, what's up? And she goes, uh, he, he could see she was in distress. And she goes, I've been shot. And they did a big investigation, and they were sure that it was 
um, the the bullet was fired from within the car, and there was um, no one else. And the did. only one there was the kid, and she may end up facing charges for having an unrestrained toddler and a gun in the back seat. Because not usually things, a good mix. <laughs> those things would be, you know, a stupid thing to have happen. Like, damn, craziness, craziness. Oh, by the way, just. And I don't have the answer to this, so this is what you don't ever do when you're recording anything, is bring something up that we haven't talked about before. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, this police thing with the the four cops getting shot, and I, I missed the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, what happened? Do you know anything? Oh, okay. So basically... Um, it was a helicopter got shot or something. No, no, the police um, spotting plane, which was um, surveying for dope plantations, he started shooting at that. Oh, right. And then when the cops turned up, they were actually full, fully um, body-armoured up AOS guys. Yeah. Um, and one got shot in the head, actually. Wow. The, yeah, um, I don't know how bad that is. And one got shot in the hand, and um, it just went out of control. And the far now wanted to go in. They said that they could resolve it and get him out peacefully and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and some of the comments on Facebook today about it are just mind-blowing. Cause in, in what way? Uh, you've got his family saying that the police did wrong by not letting them go in. Oh, dude, the 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 that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So that all that is is, um, do we let them send potential hostages into the man with a gun? It was either that or they might try and help him escape or whatever. But they're saying the police don't understand the Maori ways and all this stuff. And the uh, comments on Facebook are from a lot of Māori people, and they're just saying, this is bullshit. It's got nothing to do with race. It's got to do with some dude shooting people with a gun and the police having to do their job. Absolutely. So, like, who, who shoots at a plane? Is it ob- I mean, the, the plane doesn't have a little light on the top saying that it's a cop plane, right? Like, it's not painted up as a police plane, is it? No, I don't think so. So it's just a plane going over. It could literally yeah, have I think been they, anything. Yeah, I think they circle around quite a bit. But this is in Carwardale, so there's only trees. So the, the plane, if it's circling around, shouldn't be there. Yeah. But, but you know, that, what I'm saying, that's... Yeah, but they're very protective of their dope plantations. We used to, I used to measure pine trees back in the day, went into some Hicktown settlement near there, and my workmate said, when they all come out, don't worry, just keep driving. And I was like, what are you on about? And it was like a set of a zombie film or something, I don't know. All these people came out onto the little dirt road and were just walking down the road with us. And uh, he said, oh, that's just to make sure that we know not to touch their stuff if we find it. Right. Really weird. So, luckily, I mean, good on the cops. Uh, The guy that talked him out of it sounded like a really good guy. He was uh, so they talked him down, and he wasn't. He, he they didn't have to shoot him or anything. No, no, no. That's that's the good outcome. Because I mean, you know, if it was the Americans, um, they would have been throwing mortars oh, water, yeah. at him and shit. Fire bomb the house. <laughs> uh, the guy that got him out is a district commander in Talpo, and he used to be in that area. And he's a really big guy, and he's actually the head guy that was in the Hucker ad for the World Cup. I think it was. All oh, right, he's quite well known. And he's done quite a bit of stuff when you read up about him. Real, oh yeah, yeah, real interesting guy. Cool, cool, cool. So you actually read up about him, and that wasn't even a story we were going to do, but we don't have to snopes that one. So no. all good, all no. good. <laughs> um, you've, you've got to keep, you've got to um, catch us up with TEDx Wellington. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. So I went down. It seems so long ago, man. I, I had That's a what happens huge with old AJ. I had yeah, well, no, I had a huge week. That was a huge week. So you know, I had the 
um, Tropfest and then the whole week away with the conference and then um, straight away down to um, Wellington. Yes. So um, my budget is really feeling it. Ow. Um, but anyway. Um, Chris is going to have to get some more nut meat. I, yeah, I can't afford nut meat, bro. Oh, no, make your own. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, no, so we went down for TEDx Wellington. Now, what was interesting is that they had a theme of trust. Their theme, you know, quite often yes. they have a theme. Their theme was trust. And what they did, they didn't let anybody know where it was going to be. It was a to- total secret. We had to meet somewhere and we were going to be bussed there. So that was, okay, that's interesting. Um, on the way down, I said to Quinn, oh, who are the speakers? And he goes, they haven't put it out, which is Cool. Like I nor- normally don't check the speakers. Like it's no, you thing. like going in blind. I like going in blind and just sitting there and seeing who they bring up. So that that's sort of what I do anyway. But for most people, that's not what they like. They like to know exactly who's going to be speaking. Yeah. Do you think that was a on. bit of a gamble on their part? It was. Um. Well, it was impressive that they kept the secret for a year. Yeah, um, that's really cool. And that they, um, the speakers didn't tell anyone that they were speaking either. So they weren't allowed to tell their families and stuff. No, and you said they actually were on the bus with you. Yeah, yeah. So the speakers were um, just mingling with us. And because we didn't have programs with photos of them, we had no idea who was a speaker and who. I just thought they were all delegates. Um, and they didn't have a green room. So the speakers were all sitting out in the audience. Oh, um, right. Mixed yep. in with the audience. Well, the, the so they do it in blocks and a block of four speakers. So the four speakers that were in that block would be in the front row, obviously, um, already mic'd up, ready to go. But um, the other speakers would be mixed around, and then, you know, we'd have a break, and the four speakers for the next block would be in the front row. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, the package of the day was amazing. So we, we get picked up. We jump into these double-decker buses that are blacked out. You can't see out of them. Um, we got asked to please turn our GPS off at this point in time on our phones. Oh. Um, and, you know, you can tweet, but please turn your GPS off. Oh, that's a good point. I've still you I, turned, I it back turned it back on. Um, how, on will my, people on my be, Twitter. how will people be able to stalk you? Oh, I know. Oh, uh, Maybe I'll just leave it off. But anyway, and uh, blah, blah, blah. So we got there. Uh, the only thing was it was really hot, and we're sitting in the bus for quite a while, and a couple of people Not got aircon. quite... Uh, old double decker. Oh, buses. they were. Yes, I saw the photo. Yeah, um, it's a bit. Yeah, a couple of people got pretty claustrophobic um, and had to go downstairs. We were in the back. We're all using our tickets, you know, on our lanyards to, yeah. to fan ourselves. But you know, they were good people, good conversations. I was at the back of the top, so it was like the worst possible place. Yeah. Um, although we were first on the bus. Um, so that was cool. Met some fantastic people. The speakers were pretty good. There were some excellent speakers. There were some in my opinion, quite average speakers. But um, overall good? Oh, the package, like you, the actual thing was awesome. This trust thing extended to um, all in the breaks. Um, they had some amazing little things going on with coffees that you knock on a on a hole in a wall, put your hand through, and they give you something, and that's what you've got. <laughs> and it's just random. Um, I, there bet, was, I bet real coffee connoisseurs just couldn't deal with it, eh? Oh, no. Well, I had a uh, like a Frappuccino... Honey coffee thing. I don't know what I got. It was just bizarre, but you know, I, I drank it. And there was kittens in one of the breaks that you could cuddle on the gl- grass in the courtyard. You oh, d- and the venue it w- was Poke Ra- blah, 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 Start blah, again. Park Road Post. That's the um, 
post-production studios um, for Peter Jackson, the ones he owns. Yeah. And their venue was the cinema within that, and it seats, I think, I want to say 180 people. Cool. Um, so that was the 180. So the, I didn't realize the tickets sold out in two minutes. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. Everything in Wellington sells out like that. Yeah, well, we, I mean, I, I got tickets beforehand, like before the thing, because I was a TEDx. So the next day we had a TEDx workshop with uh, TEDx organizers from around New Zealand. And that was amazing too. It was in Biz Dojo. So uh, shout out for Biz Dojo because they're cool. Um, and um, yeah, no, it, it was an amazing weekend. I was like buzzing when I got back. As you probably noticed. Yes. You had an aura <laughs> about you. <laughs> so we, um, we moving on from that, last night we had our um, speaker webinar for our speakers that we've got for TEDx Rakura coming up on 30th of July. And um, this is the first time I've talked to them all and all the rest of it. Yeah, webinar failed. Technology failed, Chris. Uh, they couldn't hear me. We had to turn all the cameras off to minimize the bandwidth so that maybe they could hear me. So we got a workshop on Sunday. Hopefully most of them will turn up. And uh, we'll Are start you doing that at the Spaces? Yes, I will be doing that at Spaces in London Street. The space where you can do your co-habitation. That's not a word. Co-working? Co- co- co-sharing? Oh, I don't know. Co- yeah, it's when you can't afford an office by yourself. Yeah, yeah. And and you want to be in with other cool people, I guess, yeah. basically. That's um, the space. Um, so, yeah. So, that was my TEDx thing. Um, Michael I've Keaton wasn't about, there, eh? I, I, no, no, no. i got to tell you about Charles Babb first. Though. Oh, yes, you do. So, Charles is a software producer. I don't know. He, he runs teams of software programmers. Yeah. He's a very uh, entertaining uh, man. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, uh, the U.S. Embassy pitched in and flew him over from the States, I believe. So that was their sponsorship. It's so had cool. he been here before? Never been to New Zealand before. Just so trying to figure out how he gets the embassy to help pitch into... Gosh, like, I don't know, but they he was the embassy was there as a sponsor and apparently they, they yeah, got him over. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's cool. That's great. He was so entertaining. I, I really had a good chat to him in the after party. And I wanted to tell you about this game. So... It wasn't him. It was um, somebody he knows. I don't know whether it was a relative or family friend. Okay. Right. And then he goes, oh, yeah, no, she she does board games. She does these board games. She did one called Auschwitz. And <laughs> all you're doing is you've got a train with all these Jews on it. And you've got to see how many Jews you get to the oven at the end of the train. And some of them die off if you don't look after them. But you want to get as many live ones to the end so they can be killed effectively, efficiently. And I'm like... <laughs> me, and, okay. me and Quentin are just looking at him with our jaws like, uh? And he go, it was really funny. And then um, he goes, um, so uh, her, she, she's a black woman, her um, niece, I think, came home one day and was talking about, um, oh, we learned today about all slavery and stuff. And the niece was like, um, I want to say like 10 or something years yep. old. We learned all about slavery and all this sort of thing. And, you know, because grandpa... Great, 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 great grandpa came over from, you know, Africa and da, 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 da. And this, I, I don't know what exactly the kid said, but she goes, is that what they told you happened? Well, and she designed this game. And so the game is um, they roll a six-sided dice to move the ship from Africa to the U.S., how many people are buying these games? Oh, no, she, I don't know if anybody bought this, but this is what she made. And she put in this thing 300 little pins yeah. of the people. 
that were in there, and one of them was blue, and that's the grandfather. And so they roll a six-sided dice to move the boat, and then rolled a 20-sided dice of how many died that day. Oh and they gosh. had to pull them off and put them over the side. And then she got, they got to the grandfather, and um, the kid's like, oh, we can't put granddad down, and or I won't exist. And she goes, uh-huh. So you can keep him there, put him to one side, but you've got to sacrifice two others. And so they did this. And it made the, the kid really felt yeah, the yeah. issue. I, I, I was just blown away by this. I was just like, holy crap. Because, you know, when you're a kid, when you, I don't know if you did role-playing or anything, like I used to do D&D and stuff like that. Yeah. You get right into that thing. Like your imagination goes wild and you are it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, I, I don't know. I think it's a great way to teach kids things. It is, it is. It's a different way. But anyway, that was maybe a bit weird. But Charles Babb was really cool. <laughs> he was awesome. Don't look at me like that. Where is he based normally? Uh, Cleveland, Connecticut. Okay. One of the C words in the States. I can, Sounds not, good. not Colorado, though. I know it wasn't okay. that. Oh, by the way, did I tell you, I didn't have a moan last week about... Um, oh, no. My, <laughs> my um my trip to Auckland, my last day in Auckland, right? Yes. Um I um I go down for the I had to park for half a day. And you know what it cost to park there? It's like twenty six dollars. It was seventy seven dollars fifty per half hour, but yeah, maxed out at twenty six dollars. Yep. So I parked and I'm like, I'm only there for half a day. Twenty six dollars t- took me to seven PM. Yeah, I only yeah. wanted to go at lunchtime. So I did that, and then I went around to my uncle's place, and it's quite a narrow road, and I parked where you're supposed to park. You know, there's no yellow lines or anything. But it just seemed to jut too far out, so yeah. I moved forward and backed over so, like, a couple of tires were on the footpath. Yeah. $40 fine. Yeah, yeah. Not $66 parking. Didn't realize you got a fine. Holy crap. Uh, I, Auckland, I am not happy with you. Did you know that... Um just Waiheke Island, which is near Auckland. Yeah, because TEDx Waiheke. Lucia, oh, well, they were there. They were there. Lu- oh. Lucia from Madrid. Oh, really? I wonder if she's going to be standing next to the cosy $14.2 million fire they're going to have. Oh, yeah. So what's that? So basically there's a mansion on there with $14.2 million. Yeah. Uh, it's, they're going to demolish it and build something new. And it's so expensive, they can't move the house, they can't do anything. So they've given it to the volunteer fire crew to burn down for training. Oh, wow. And they and a few people had a moan, but they said, look, this is, this, it, it's going to cost so much money that we can't even fathom how much it's going to cost to get it onto a boat, let alone transport it to wherever it's going to go. And it's not going to stay in one piece and all the prop, you know, logistically it's too hard. So they're going to burn it down and... They're bringing over a whole bunch of other trainee people because it's not often you get to burn down a house. Yeah. Um, I've done it once before. Good yeah. fun. Really good fun. Yeah, I've, I've heard. And and if they put the cameras in there and stuff like that. Cause, um, Cause obviously, so what they do is they do multiple scenarios. So they'll set the kitchen on fire as if it's a kitchen fire and they'll go and they'll put that out. Then they do a bedroom fire and they go in and put that out. And they do everything they can think of. So they sort of just burn bits and pieces and keep putting it out. And then eventually they'll burn the whole thing down. Because um, a couple, oh, couple of weeks back, when I did the dirty laundry um, shoot, oh, yeah, and yeah. we had the two volunteer firemen, they were talking about um, a fire they did in a house. Yeah. I forget where it was, but um, they had Nigel Ladder, your mate Nigel Ladder there. Oh, yeah. Because they filmed it, and they uh, did a, you know, how quickly 
a house can actually burn. Yeah. And he was standing in the doorway watching it go. And they'd put, um, what do you call it, GoPros around the house. Yeah, yeah. And they like, you said you could see the case melting on the GoPro yeah, and yeah. you just couldn't see anything anymore. Um, you know, and they were going. And Nigel Ladder's standing there going, wow, wow, wow. And then one of the um, senior firemen just grabs him by the neck, back of the neck goes, it's going to flash back and pull him back. And woof, just missed him. Yeah. Um, so, and it just amazes me. Those guys must have so much experience yeah. to just know yeah. that stuff. Yeah, you they know? do. It's crazy as fires are really quick. Um, the bit that get, got me when we were in the burning house, we had the kitchen on fire. Is when it gets into the roof. Yeah. You can't really see it. And it's just burning in the roof and it's coming out the eaves outside. And then the guys outside are pumping water on and you're like, what are they doing? Like you think you've just got it, you've got it contained? Yeah, yeah. No. Um, it's interesting too. We were talking about this because I, I went up for an abortive um, Pike River Mine gig. Um, the, yes. That's a TV special. I was going to be a mine, mine rescue, rescue worker. worker. Yeah, like the guy was like, um, do we have to dirty up our clothes or boots? I'm like, Dude, they never even got near the mine. We're in the office. That's it. We're not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we were filming in the office that day. But anyway, I was talking to them, and one of them was from uh, Ex Lansar, yep. um, Search and Rescue, and uh, another one was a current vo- volunteer firefighter. And they were talking about the payment thing, you know. So, volunteer, basically, if you're more than 25 kilometers away from a town in New Zealand, you are a volunteer because they don't have perms out there pretty much. No. And, um, and you don't get paid for anything, really. No. Um, and it, I think it was South Africa. I might be wrong, but I think it was South Africa. If you're on duty, if you're on call or whatever, you're a volunteer, you're not getting paid. But the minute you get called out and you're in the truck, you're being paid for that period of time till you're back oh, yeah. to the thing, which makes a lot of sense, you know. It, yeah. It's cheaper than having everybody perm, but having volunteers all the time is, I mean, that's pretty hard, bro. It is. It's um, its crazy. It's, it must take a particular sort of person, you know? Oh, definitely. It's always hard for volunteer fire crews, usually for people during the day. Yeah. So you've got like about 50 people that can help at night Yeah. Um, in a truck that can hold six people. Uh, but yeah, during the day is a bit hard. Yeah, because um, <laughs> he was talking about him and his brother are both... Um, uh, volunteers, so he, he lives up Silverdale, but he's down in Raglan. Raglan is the busiest volunteer fire station in the country, and Silverdale's the second big, yeah, they, busiest. Yeah. But What's yeah. their call-out rate? Something stupid like... Um, yeah, and it's m- mostly road stuff because of that yeah. Raglan road. Yeah. But anyway, um, so his, he's at his brother's place, um, I want to say New Year's Day or something, They're about to have the big feed, it's yeah. just finished, and his brother's like, bitch, as soon as you start eating... It'll the the siren will go off. He goes, Don't be a dick, bro. And then as soon as he gets the fork, it's about. Yeah. Um, ah, damn it. <laughs> when I, when I was a volunteer firefighter, my dad was as well. And you just sit down, and you can hear the siren wind up before anyone else. And you just go, "I got to go." And we used to just we'd yeah we'd run off from dinner. Yeah. Jump yeah. in a vehicle. And <laughs> oh man, sounds cool. I mean. Not cool, but cool. You know what I mean? Like it what, sounds because what they originally did, just real quickly, was um, everyone's pager just told you you had to go. Like the pager would go like a split second after the siren. Yeah. So the pager would go beep 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 beep, but it would never say what it was. And then um, the fire chief and the deputy got told what it was on their pager, and then at some point they changed it, and we all got told. So it would come up car crash or house fire. Or, all right. And so you sort of knew what you were going to. And you sort of knew who... Was there a reason they didn't want to tell people in the beginning? No, I think it might have just been an option. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I think some people. I think there was a worry that some people wouldn't come to certain things. Yeah, I mean, like if you if it went off, you'd try and get as many people as you could to go. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I'd certainly be more interested in going to a fire than going to a um, car crash. Car crash. Although, yeah, the Patrick that I was with the other night, he was um, he was over in Oz for a while. He lived there for. Oh right. Yeah. Yep. And he did volunteer firefighters and the. Black Sunday. Yeah, he was a volunteer, and they the perms just made the volunteers go and check the burnt buildings for bodies, <laughs> and he said that was yeah. really crap job. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were a lot of them, so it's like holy crap, not good, not something I'd enjoy. But anyway, there you go. Um, we're gonna, that, bringing it down once again. We're gonna we're gonna plow ahead. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. DJI Phantom Four's been announced uh, two weeks ago, I think it was. That's the next the next quadcopter. The next iteration in the Phantom series. Yeah. And a lot of people are really excited about it. The dumb thing about it is it's got pretty much the same camera as the 3, which is okay, but it's not that great. Uh, they've just tweaked the settings in that. But the really cool thing is this Phantom 4 now has obstacle avoidance. All right. Okay. So it's got an extra five cameras built into it. And once it gets within two meters or something, it stops and backs off. So you cannot crash it into a tree. Oh, wow. It also has a um, feature... Would it hit wires? You know what I mean, eh? I'm not like, too sure. You know, like yeah. how... What's the acuity of exactly. these cameras, you know? Exactly. But anyway, interesting, but 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 in general... And the cool. other thing they had, it was a guy in the demo video, he launches it, and he's snowboarding, I think he is, and he touches it, and it basically looks at him through its camera, and it recognises his outline, and then he goes, follow me. Oh, wow. And so as long as nothing breaks that line of sight... The the drone just keeps following him all the way down the hill. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I I like. Can you re- tell us about the um the build uh, the real estate for t- guy that it was you that was telling me about this? Eh? I don't know. Carry on. Painter's pole. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I was listening to this American podcast. The photographer was on there, and he was uh, talking about this, and he was a bit disappointed about the camera in this. So if you buy the DJI Inspire, which is like the $5,000 one, the one that folds up with yep, the big yep, legs yep. and that, that's got a changeable camera. So if DJI ever brings out a new camera, you can just swap the camera out. So right. that's pretty cool. Um, this DJI Phantom 4, is I've seen uh, about 2400 at the moment, I think, in New Zealand. Um, but for real estate, he said he wasn't advertising he was using a drone anymore because of the regulation issues they're having which mirrors what's happening over here. And the best... Because the FAA haven't come out with uh, guidelines yet, eh? Yeah, and plus over there, they've probably got different rules for different states as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. it's all, you know, stuffed up as Americans do. Um, but he said if it's just a house without the land, the best option you can do is get a painter's pole and there's a special attachment. I looked at it, t- I looked it up today. It's just a bit of plastic with the thread on top for a camera and you yeah. just attach it and he goes... Um, yeah, you know, just push it five meters up in the air and take a photo, and he said yeah. it works great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is interesting. Um, because I know quite a few people are getting into the drone thing, thinking they'll make a, a bunch of money off it. Um, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't. There's know a whole bunch of different things around that. Like, there's the rules. There's just pure normal business sense of marketing. Yeah, and and having a good product, like you know, it's going to be a decent camera. Uh, yeah, but even then, like if you take a photo, how much processing do you have to do afterwards, and is yep. it going to meet what the client wants? Because people just go, "Oh, drone!" Oh, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah. You know. Yep, yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Wow, we're burning through time here. We might we? have to wrap this up and save I, some I things for um, um, next Mer- week. Michael Keaton, because you mentioned it, was um, all that was was our friend Alan George um, was in the airport to pick up his girlfriend, and he says, and she, I think, in Auckland spotted airport. him, Auckland airport, and she goes, "Is that Michael Keaton?" And he goes, "Damn, it is too." And he had a hat and sunglasses on. This was the other day, and so he texts me, he goes, "Here's something for your podcast." And so, oh look at that! We're in the know because I didn't see that mentioned anywhere in the news. No, no, I haven't either. So I, um, I said, "All right." So there you go, Alan. I mentioned it in the podcast. Um, so apparently, and that was oh, early in the week. I'm um, gonna, I'm gonna end this really quickly because I can't be bothered waiting another week. Trello, which is the tool we use for uh, the topic board that we use for the podcast, and if you don't have anything like this, you should give Trello a go. It's really good. Yep. If you're trying to organise something and you're dealing with dumb people, they can understand it as well. So um, yeah, you, you do have to set it up properly. Yep. Like we had a an idiot set it up properly. Oh, you definitely do me. that. Set it up badly for me the first time, and I went, "This tool sucks." And then Sam set it up for us, and I'm like, "Oh, this tool rules." So so yeah. they've just brought out the Trello Chrome extension. Yes, I saw that. I haven't looked at it. You click yet. on it. You type what you want. Insert your link and just save it to whatever board you want. Just like that, instantly from your browser. Yep. That's amazing. The other really cool thing is you type T in the address bar and then a space, and it changes to a Trello symbol, and you type whatever you want, and it searches every board you've ever made. That's cool because I've got so many boards now. Yeah, you'll we're, love it. You need to get TEDx, it. all the TEDx ones we've got. So that's cool. That's it. Uh, I'm off to Rainbow's End tomorrow, so I'm sure there'll be Are an you? interesting story about that. Okay. Um, Chris is going to be poor... Next week, we're going to have some crisp mail, and um, I don't know. We'll see what the week brings us. Well, tomorrow, I do have Relay for Life, um, so we'll, I'll probably have some stories about that. Oh, yes, I forgot um, about that. I will actually um, hit you guys up for a donation for the Relay for Life. Um, not in a really mean way, but, you know, cancer's a bitch, and we want to uh, crush it like the bitch that it is, really. Yes, sounds good. All right, so, so anyway... Um, check out the com for all the show notes, links to everything we've spoken about, and links to every other episode we've ever done. Yes, and you can see us on Facebook, The Chris and Sam Podcast, or on Twitter, Chris and Sam Pod. And if you're a new listener, hello, and um, thanks for liking us on Twitter or wherever you found us. And yeah, and go if you're on iTunes, go in there, like and rate us. Uh, a review would be wonderful. But yes. uh, if you're not on iTunes, I realize that that's too much of a pain for anybody. So, so until next week, I'm Sam. And I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and we'll catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friend.